hello and welcome to this episode of the Retail Is Podcast. I'm Joey Morgan. She's Kylie Ross-Cyber. And today we are joined by Ken Lees of Ping Pong Gives Charity Foundation. Uh, Ken, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Joey and Kylie. I'm honored. Good, good. Well, why don't we get into it? Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your charity and uh, what you guys are doing over there? Uh, thanks for asking. So, who would have thought we could use the platform of playing ping pong um, as a way to be serious in raising awareness and funding to improve mental health and brain fitness? So in summary, that's what we do. We utilize table tennis, the sport, mm -hmm. ping pong, the game, as our way to, um, to share how cool it is that while any activity is good for the brain, um, clinically validated playing ping pong is one of the best therapeutic exercises for the brain. How did you, did you find that out and make the charity or did, how, how did that, how did you learn that? That interesting? I'd like, I'd like for people to think I'm that smart, but <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it's really through um, just a series of events, um, life events that, that made, made all that come together. But um, the story really starts almost 15 years ago when um, I was, I would have coffee with a buddy of mine. And so I own a marketing company, have always been professionally involved in the marketing industry. And at that time, 15 years ago, it was almost exclusively in the auto industry. So anyway, we would meet once a week and, and he also was a fellow entrepreneur and, um, and um, we would share our highs, our lows. And he asked me a question this one particular morning, which uh, I couldn't answer. And that was, Ken, what do you do professionally um, to give back? And I'm watering that down a little bit, but um, um, I really tried to answer that question. But for me, the word professionally kind of stumped me. And so, as I mentioned, it was my world was really all about the auto industry and helping car dealers sell cars using the internet. And I'm thinking, okay, well, so what am I doing professionally to give back, to, to, um, to give philanthropically? And I walked away having bumbled my way through an answer that I just didn't feel good about. And um, so that's, that's how it all started. And one thing led to another. Um, and were you already were you already playing at that point oh i've always there isn't a ball that i don't like to bounce or kick or <laughs> or throw uh, the typical kid growing up but my dad did have me on a ping pong table when i was five years old wow but he had me on a baseball field when i was five and a football field you know so that's trying a little bit of everything yeah, but um, the story relates there um, because my dad used to play in ping pong tournaments along the East Coast when I was a kid growing up and I would tag along with him. So with that being said, um, it had dawned on me that most nonprofits, when they set out to raise awareness, set out to raise funding for their particular cause, they'll typically do it through a sporting event. If you think about any of the nonprofits that come to mind, um, think about what they do. And generally, you'll think of golf tournaments. Yeah. You guys probably do an annual golf tournament. 
I think no, that's a great idea. I need to try to We've supported golf tournaments in the past, but I know how much goes into it. Right. Or it's a 5K or it's a walk or it's a run. That's generally what um, you'll see or what I found to be the case with most nonprofits. Um, and so um, now we weave in the marketing side of my brain and the, okay, let's, let's do something good and utilize table tennis. And um, I'd always been taught professionally through all of my corporate marketing um, classes. Mm -hmm. If you've got a product or service, you need to make sure that um, you've got statistically reliable data to go reach your audience, your customer. That's probably jargon in the retail alliance world, right? Um, and so this idea of having a ping pong event came to fruition but there wasn't anything statistically reliable out there that would say, all right, well, we'll do this and they'll come. So we formed two questions and I'll ask you both these questions. The first question was, Kylie, Joey, have you ever played ping pong in your life? I have. Yes. So while that survey represents 100%, um, the actual survey is nine people out of 10 when asked that question said, yes, I remember playing with my granddad. I play every Thursday in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. played a lot of beer pong. I mean, those were <laughs> some of the responses. So nine out of 10 had played ping pong. So the second question was, and I'll ask this of you was, when was the last ping pong tournament or event that came to your town or your city that you can speak of? Besides you guys, I haven't never heard of it before. Neither have I. Once again, nine out of 10 said, well, I don't know, except for what you've done. Yeah. Um, and Kylie, if you've never heard of the ping pong for charity events, then my marketing abilities really suck <laughs> as a professional. I am an import, uh, so, you know. <laughs> um, so nine out of 10 have played, nine out of 10 have never been part of an event. The marketing guy says, let's just put it together and let's see what happens. So 12 years ago, we launched our first, it was called, Ping pong for poverty. Sounds cool. I was part of and just got off the board of a great nonprofit organization. You may be familiar with them um, called People in Need, Pin Ministries at the Oceanfront. And they they um, serve hundreds of homeless people every day, every weekend. Anyway, as a board member there, we were scratching our heads. What can we do? What kind of an event? What, what can we do to raise awareness and funding for, for Pin? And so that's where Ping Pong for Poverty came to be in that first year on 12 scratch and dent tables, ping pong tables in a church gymnasium, 65 people played. Um, um, we raised about $10,000 gross. We had 5,000 in expenses. So Penn received a check for about 5,000 bucks that very first year. Awesome. <laughs> Fast forward to today, our ping pong for charity event has learned and are now much more serious and studies have been unveiled through multiple sources. The first being in Japan of how much health benefits 
there are in playing a little bit of table tennis. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, today we've kind of rebranded ping pong for poverty into a more general ping pong for charity okay. and now utilize our events to help a disparate number of nonprofit organizations that are um, mental health or brain fitness um, focused. For example, Alzheimer's locally, Parkinson's locally, Vanguard Landing locally. Those are just a few. And every couple years, our board um, will select another qualifying nonprofit that through our events that we can wrap our arms around and support. Mm -hmm. That's wow. awesome. I, I like the, uh, yeah. the freedom of scope of who you're able to support with this, uh, this uh, charity. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, and our mission is to continue to integrate table tennis programs into the community. So while it's really cool to write checks to and support our nonprofit organizations, and there's a lot of value in writing checks, and there's not a nonprofit that doesn't like to receive a check, including ours, <laughs> um, the real value is integrating table tennis into the community. For example, we are now in, I wanna say the number is, it's in the mid twenties, but 25 or 26 retirement communities having provided tables, paddles, balls, and the foundation for those retirement communities um, to establish their own ping pong clubs. Nice. Westminster Canterbury is sort of our poster child as an example. Um, they now have three tables, two, we'll call them water pong tables, um, and 40 residents, 40 residents that make up the WC Pongers ping pong club. <laughs> and they're playing with Atlantic Shores and Beth Shalom. And so there's a community of seniors that we're touching. And then on the flip side um, are our youth. We're in 15 or 16 schools with the table tennis sports and education program. So it's an after school activity. Again, COVID's kind of dampened both of our um, abilities to get into retirement communities and schools for that matter. Uh, but nonetheless, it's uh, another platform to establish ping pong clubs. It gives kids leadership opportunities because we really encourage that those clubs identify a, a leader, a president, a treasurer, someone to coordinate events. And um, that actually spawned off one of our events called the Battle of the Paddles, which is a scholarship and school ping pong event that we've been doing for the last four or five years. Anyway, I'm doing a lot of talking. No, no, yeah. it, no sometimes it just works that way. If you got, if the person has something interesting to say, we let them talk. Yeah. Well, I don't know that it's interesting, but I'm talking. <laughs> I'm interested in it, Ken. Okay, uh, good. Where did you guys start? 2008, right? Uh, that sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> and is it just you or do you have some yeah. help? Got a ton of help. I cannot do this uh, by myself. It's my passion, um, but... Thankfully, um, I am flanked by just some great volunteers, a wonderful board, no one within the framework of the 501c3 is paid. Um, everyone's just pouring their heart into the uniqueness and the coolness and the fun of our mission and our story. And 
um, um, the credibility from the health benefit standpoint um, is Dr. Sodder, Scott Sodder. He's a neuropsychologist. So we're on the road talking and presenting why play ping pong, cross train your brain. Uh, but outside of that, with our events, uh, we've just got, I would say, hundreds of volunteers and corporate supporters, um, individual donors that, um, that help us stay in the black. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lot of work. For it is a lot of work. I won't deny that. But it's fun work. It's fun work. That's good. You know, there's, uh, to, to that point, just yesterday... Um, um, it was a joy for me, but there was a, there's a local business that said, can I, I love your story about table tennis. I've got, I've got a couple dozen employees in my office and I just, I, I agree. I think if I had a ping pong table in my conference room, it could help just with morale. It could help with just spirit. Um, and what can I do to get a ping pong table? So typically um, when the coffers are full, we can just um, donate and provide. And in some cases, we're just not able to do that. In this case, this conversation started with the need to help us cover the expenses for that table to be not only assembled, but delivered up three stairs of, 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 of a building. Um, but we were able to do it at no charge for that business. And so it's another example of just utilizing table tennis. Now, hopefully that'll trickle into some fun spirit within their office um, and a few more people playing. Yeah, I think we'll have to talk to uh, Ray about that. I wouldn't mind a ping pong table. <laughs> but um, um, it could be done. It could be done. I know a guy. <laughs> know a guy, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Talk to us a little bit about COVID and how the pandemic has impacted your charity. Um, I assume you guys probably haven't been able to do a lot of events, especially um, earlier in the year. Uh, walk us through that a little bit. What do you guys? What did you yeah, guys do? we were um, like any other nonprofit who utilizes events to sort of keep the lights on. Um, we our our events were pretty much wiped out. We were able to have a COVID friendly small event um, called Pong for Pups and Patriots. And that was a, a co-branded uh, effort between our charity and Mutts with a Mission. And they train dogs for our service folks that have been injured, PTSD, et cetera. So I've we, did, that, have, yeah. we yeah. did have a smaller venue, but to answer your question, we were wiped out uh, of doing any of our events. Um, we typically will use facilities like schools um, or restaurants slash bars to have our events. Well, you know what the story is with schools and restaurants and entertainment facilities. So we did um, modify, um, and you may or may not be aware of this, but um, we launched a holiday charity auction online and we're very successful in that effort during the holiday season of 2020. And while that is not nearly at the level from a financial standpoint um, that we've experienced with our events over the year, um, 
we were still able to write checks back to our nonprofit charity partners. Um, and I guess a little bit is better than nothing at all. And so mm -hmm. here again, we survived the pandemic, um, but we're looking for new ways to engage. Right now, I'm putting a, a, a partnership together with a couple of local venues that have table tennis tables and we'll be launching Slammers Club, which is um, an opportunity for folks to join a league. Um, and so we've got, um, we've got an open league that's getting ready to start. And we've got a seniors challenge league that's getting ready to start. We're going to put together a corporate team league that will be rolling out. And so we can do that in sort of a confined way and a manageable way. Um, and while that's not a proceed generator, it does help a little bit, but it gets people on a ping pong table. It helps with our whole mission of staying active with the mind. And I mean, as you guys probably know, it's, it's some tough and challenging situations out there for people mentally with job loss and life changes, et cetera, et cetera. How do you play team ping pong? Is it just the two players or how does it work? There's several different formats, Joey. Um, um, but one is that um, we'll have teams of three or four mm -hmm. and the teams of three or four play the other teams of three or four and everybody plays each other within a best of three okay. scenario. Yeah, I'm always it's interested in... Uh, you know, local uh, rec league sports and stuff. I do kickball and uh, wiffle ball. So ping pong might be the next thing once you guys launch that. <laughs> well, get in quick. We've got, we've got room, for maybe three more guys for the first 16 in this league. That's oh, next week. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a link. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> so this is already like just about to launch. It is. Yes. Um, so there's, a phenomenon happening around the country in typically larger markets, larger um, cities. Um, but this all started in New York and ping pong social clubs are like the rave. And if you imagine your typical restaurant bar atmosphere, um, this atmosphere is really anchored by table tennis tables everywhere, couches, love seats, you can eat, you can have some cocktails and make a social day or night out of it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so years ago, I created the concept of Slammers to open in Virginia Beach. And so essentially Slammers Club um, in a hybrid model of what the actual you know, building would be a place to go. We're just taking Slammers to multiple venues within Hampton Roads. So if you're a member of Slammers, you can go play at the Skate House. If you're a member of Slammers, you can you can join a league and go to Apex at Town Center. Um, and so those are some of the things we're working on now to twist and weave and dive and do what we do. Yeah, well, that's awesome that you can just adjust, you know, as best you can. We have our ping pong balls and we'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think the ping pong tables are that, you know, easy to No, but they're, it's amazing how, um, how mobile they have become 
in their construction. And we've got a fabulous relationship with a, um, an international company that has some very local presence, um, Kettler, if you've heard of Kettler. And uh, they're our official equipment provider. And just, we have a wonderful relationship. And most people know Kettler for their outdoor furniture and, and product line as that, but most don't recognize or realize that they, um, they um, manufacture table tennis equipment and have a, a huge North American distribution center located in Virginia Beach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we're so, the hub on this side of the country. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're actually taking table tennis um, and can bring the ping pong for charity concept to any city in the country for a nonprofit that, that, that qualifies. For example, we were in Mobile, Alabama for the last four years, um, working with a nonprofit called the Renaissance Group. And the Renaissance Group um, helps adult men who've just been released from jail. Nice. And many, many of them are facing challenges of depression and and anxiety and just maybe past addictions and just trying to get back on their feet. So we created the first annual Renaissance Ping Pong for Charity group in, um, in Mobile, Alabama. And for every year since they've been having an annual Ping Pong for Charity event, raising new funding and awareness for their cause. But we can do that in any city in the country. That's awesome. That's, that's, a, that's a great reach. So I got a question for you. What personally, is your favorite part of uh, your charity? Is it uh, seeing the tournaments? Is it handing over the check? What's your favorite part about what you're doing? It's, um, there's so many, great question. I, and I, I could just talk probably the rest of the day, but um, I think it's, it's the examples of Billy Sue, who now has a relationship with Sally Joe in the hallways of Westminster Canterbury, and they would have never met if they didn't have their Tuesday afternoon wine ping pong event. Nice. Or it's the kid who can't play high school, high profile sports like football or baseball or basketball and may have some challenges with ADHD or or some learning disabilities, but now they're a part of this after-school activity and they're hitting a ping pong ball and now they've got something to do rather than getting on one of these. Not that they're not on one of those, but at least for that hour too, <laughs> they're not, right? But that's funny that I say that because we've got a celebrity that we always bring into town or frequently bring into town. His name is Wally Green. He used to be homeless at one point in his life, but his thing is he will beat anybody using his cell phone as his paddle. Really? And he will. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if that answers your question, oh, but that, the real, perfect answer. Yeah, those the real joy is, is seeing the relationships and yeah. kids and seniors all coming together and that. Yeah. Well, I bet you're looking forward to the kids, you know, getting back into the school systems. And for sure, for sure. My <laughs> wife's in the education field, and I mean, every day I hear the challenges and the frustrations, and 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 not to to 
get too far off course, but we need our kids in schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. yeah. And then they can do some ping pong. And they can do that. That's a side benefit. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share with us while we've got you? Yeah, we're getting close to the end of the time. Yeah, let's, uh, what else do you want to talk about, Ken? Well, there's really not a whole lot that I haven't shared. Um, I well, guess. Well, this was a question about your, the, the, uh, the sidewall, <laughs> which are the ad impact marketing. So what is your specialty with that? So I don't know if you're familiar with the term fractional CMO, fractional chief marketing officer. So our unique niche is working with the business who um, may fall into one of three buckets. They're the business that may not have the expertise required to manage all the marketing stuff for their business. Mm -hmm. And, or it may be the business that may not have the time to manage all the marketing stuff within their business. And or thirdly, the business that may not have the resources to hire someone full time, uh, whether it's a marketing coordinator, a marketing director, on an executive level, a CMO for that matter. So if there's a check mark or a yes next to any one of those three needs, then there's likely an opportunity for Ad Impact to um, roll up our sleeves and customize a marketing plan, strategy, and execute it on behalf of that client given their specific marketing needs. Okay. So, um, so we're, so that's what we do and we do it at a fraction of the cost and hiring someone full time. So fractional marketing at a fraction of the cost. Uh (laughs) So, So back to your question, how can you help me with finding more of those businesses that could utilize those services? There's a lot of people who probably don't realize that they can have that sort of help. Yeah. You know, even if it, it, because they think, you know, we can't afford to hire a social media manager or, you know, a marketing assistant or whatever it is. So knowing that they can just get help on different, you know, sort of pieces of it. Yeah. yeah, we're as we're as as simple as helping a business with develop a logo to running the entire marketing meetings and the marketing team and the strategy as deep as it can go. And so our model is to equip a business with the resources of people, typically a marketing expert and a graphic design slash social media expert that can typically and within those resources provide any any need that's necessary for, for that business. That's great. Awesome. Well, there's a plug for you. Well, we are, <laughs> we're out of time now, Ken. Thank you for being on the podcast and thanks for uh, sharing your charity and all the great things you guys are doing. Yeah. And Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Kylie. Yeah, really appreciate thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks.